Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Charles Hammerker. This is uh, episode 129 of the show itself, the second edition of the 2021 season follow-ups. I have my friend here, Ray Porter, um, continued to make a name for himself in the 2021 season after, you know, kind of a bizarre season uh, last year. Um Jeez, yeah, I just feared to think about how have you been, Race? I mean, what has it been for you since the season ended, you know, and as we've started the year of 2022? Yeah, thanks for having me always. Um, it's been really nice, you know. Uh, I've taken a lot of time off after the season, um, just kind of reset the mind, reset the body. Um, I actually just started training this week. It's been the first week of kind of jumping back in and, you know, I'd say maybe as early as two weeks ago, I started kind of getting that itch to kind of get going again, you know, um, it felt like I was away from, you know, training and football for years when realistically it was a a month, month and a half, um, which just kind of shows you what it is like being in it every day and kind of that, that grind and kind of what you get used to when you are kind of in the thick of the season. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I went down to Palm Springs with my dad, kind of reset, read some books, kind of, you know, just get ready to level up for the next level and all that stuff. But I've just been chilling, hanging out, uh, trying to, trying to get the Homs trends going and working on that stuff. So yeah, pretty simple life though. Just simplifying everything and getting back to square one basics. Yeah. And obviously you talk about Homs. I know that, you know, football is one thing, but uh, that will obviously be something we have to look at too, just considering also all the stuff that happened over 2021 um, and looking forward to what, you know, even this year holds, but, you know, looking in the football uh, on the, I could completely be mispronouncing this. So if you know how to say it, please correct me. The Werfel trophy preseason yeah. watch list, mm-hmm. uh, 2021 William V Campbell trophy semifinalist, 2021 all state AFCA good hands team member, and 2021 all Pac-12 second team, you know, with how the season went, obviously it's not how anybody wanted it to go. Um, the team was still in several games. I mean, it's not like these were all blowouts, right? Mm-hmm. How did the locker room, you know, find ways to keep battling week in and week out? You know, five of the team's eight losses were decided by a score, you know, dealing with several injuries to guys. From your eyes, what did you see about this locker room that, you know, was able to, uh, you know, deal with these things and, you know, stay in these games? Yeah, I just saw a lot of resiliency, you know, um, especially later into the season, um, you know, after the Oregon game when there was a lot of stuff that was kind of out of our control and, you know, stuff that impacted impacted us greatly, but that we had no kind of impact on, you know, regarding the coaches and all that stuff. I just saw a bunch of guys rallying together and, you know, we had a couple – we had a couple player meetings uh, with just the whole team, the whole locker room. Um, And it was kind of cool to just see guys saying, you know, we're doing this for each other. Um, At the end of the day, that's what this is all about. And just seeing people rally around each other, fighting for each other. I think that's what, you know, college sports is all about, which is, which was really cool to experience whether or not we were, you know, winning those games just kind of those weeks were really special for me to see guys make it about the team rather than, you know, just kind of themselves. And 
oh, you know, the ship is sinking. Let's, uh, let's jump, you know. It was more just let's rally around each other and let's see what we can make the most, you know, make, make the most of the rest of these games and do it for each other. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what it's all about. And that's kind of the brotherhood that everyone talks about with college football, especially. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was tricky and a lot of stuff out of our control, but it was super cool to see everyone kind of come together, regardless of the, you know, the results and regardless of the fans thinking, you know, it was a wasted season. I don't think it was wasted at all. I think in a lot of ways, I personally, and I'm sure a lot of other people would say the same on the team, learned more about kind of football and learned about ourselves more than any other year of playing, you know, whether it was the, the Peach Bowl year or the Rose Bowl this season I think really taught everyone about themselves on a personal level which was really cool yeah because I mean you talk about it you see it in any sport you know well that's that's the thing too is in these sports I mean you're not going to win every game that's just how it is um and yeah I think losing will teach you a lot because you win and usually it's like okay things went well you can obviously correct things always but losing yeah I think that shows you some things about people Uh, and you talked about jumping ship you know and that sort of thing I know that some people transferred out this season at the end of the day that's their decision but also you know votes of confidence and you know particularly some of the wide receivers coming back next season Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how things go I know that you were you really you know spoke on team in that last part um but i wanted to ask you what are your thoughts on your own performance this past season i mean ranked fourth in the nation by ncaa.com 48.53 average uh uw single season record only three touchbacks on the season Um, obviously credit to the whole special teams unit there uh 20 year punts down inside the 20 and the long of 73 i mean how do you reflect on you know your performance this past season yeah, I, you know, reflecting on it is nothing but joy for me. Um, I had a really special season, you know, beyond the stats and all that stuff, just kind of learning about myself and connecting to my higher power and understanding that this is kind of the path that I'm supposed to be on and, and trusting that and then being able to put my whole energy into that was really, really cool for me. Um and, you know, just my penultimate season, my last season as a dog and you know having been there for so long, having learned from so many great players, not just kind of Tristan and Joel being good specialists that I looked up to, but I mean, from leaders and stuff like that, that were so good in 2016 and 2017, just being able to have a season where I get to put that all on display. Um, And then to have the year that I did, it was kind of just like all of those things coming together. And it was really cool for me. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a blast. And I think, you know, I was talking to the athletic about it and whether or not the season went the way that the team wanted or the fans wanted. Um, it was, it was a very cool experience for me just with all the outside noise going on and all this stuff and, you know, playing punter, playing that position makes it a little easier to be able to kind of just focus on what you need to control and, and kind of lock in on that. But, that just kind of amplified my experience and, and kind of really honed in that concept of control, which you can control and week in week out, as long as you're getting better every day and you're working towards that game day on Saturday, making sure that's going to be your, your best performance of the week. Um, that's what it's all about. And so this season with everything that happened, 
just kind of ex- accentuated that for me and, and allowed me to really lock in and, and focus on what my mission was and, and accomplishing that mission. So yeah, it was nothing but special and I wouldn't trade it for 13 wins in a, in a Rose Bowl victory, you know, just because of all that I learned and all that I think kind of my teammates learned from, from all the stuff that went down. And, you know, I, I'm sure you saw some of it, but the, the UW, uh, I don't know, so the dog pack Twitter itself, or it was another one, but kind of rooting week by week, you know, whether, no matter how the game was going, it was like, oh, you know, race was doing this. So he's kind of the team. It was cool seeing that, you know, to, you know, obviously speaking with you last season um, and, you know, knowing it through a day and all that to see, I was like, Hey, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there, there's one photo in particular that was posted on Twitter. Uh, it was college football uh, without context. And it was a photo of you on the sideline with a pair of golden boxing gloves around mm-hmm. your neck. Can you give context to that? Uh, because, I mean, it's a cool photo, but uh, is it like, obviously, a few years ago with Miami, there was a turnover chain. Is it something like that? I, mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, so same kind of concept as the turnover chain. Um, kind of going into that week, that was the Oregon week. Yep. And Coach Lake kind of pounded in this concept of it being a heavyweight bout, you know, a heavyweight mm. matchup. And that's kind of what it what the Pac-12 is all about is winning. the, You know, you play all the games to win, but it's really those heavyweight matchups that are so critical to win. Um, and so those those gloves were meant to represent any time someone threw a, a knockout punch or, you know, a, a game changing play, whatever it may be, interception, however, um, that was introduced, you would get to wear those gloves and who would have thought that the punter would be the, you know, wearing them (laughs) first few times. Um, But, you know, speaking back to, you know, being a punter and and just kind of what comes with that position, you don't think you can really impact the game. You can't make game changing plays. And so to be able to do that, I think all season was a huge goal of mine and kind of, you know, bring light to that, my position um, on the whole and, and just be able to show that, you know, I, as corny as the phrase is, punters are people too. But, yeah, you know, punters, specialists, we really can impact the game, um, you know, at the highest levels. And I think so back to the, yeah, the gloves. So that was kind of fun for me to, to be able to throw those gloves on. And unfortunately, that was the only week we did that. But I was happy to get to try them on. So, yeah, that's that's the story behind those. I speak, I think you speak on it, you know, I think anybody who really watches the game of football knows that special teams, you know, just like offense and defense play such a big role. Um, and I do want to talk about coach Lake. Cause obviously with this team, you know, coach Lake was a major headline, uh, but also to, to first stop off with the NIL. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know about Nick Saban uh, who doesn't stated uh, a little bit ago, I think it was a few weeks that there should be some strict guidelines in place that the, uh, so that there are no monopolies regarding the NIL. Uh, I just kind of want your thoughts on the NIL as a whole. And I mean, I know that there was somewhat of a doom and gloom thought, not necessarily with what Saban said, but just kind of some doom and gloom response to the NIL that it was going to change a lot. And really, at least from how I saw it, it didn't seem like there was too much of a change. It just seemed like some athletes were able to get a little help financially here and there. Um, but, you know, as someone who's an actually you know, in, has been in the college system. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that as a whole. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think with everything, there's pros and cons. And I think the whole NIL stuff provided some really, really cool and will provide some really, really cool opportunities for a lot of different kids and a lot of different student athletes. Um, so in no way am I going to say that it's, you know, all negative and all bad, but, you know, just like you said, from my own experience and, and kind of hearing, cause one of the things coach Pete liked to do a lot and, and coach Lake did it a little bit it was a little hindered by COVID, but was to bring a lot of the guys that played for our program back that are now on the pros and kind of speak on their experience. And, and one of the things that, you know, really hammered, hammered home for me that a lot of the guys were talking about is just how special college football is because of the brotherhood and because of playing for each other and playing for your school and your city and, and all of that, and just how special that experience is. And, in contrast to at the professional level, it's much more of a business, um, mm -hmm. money, all of that stuff, the way the organizations are set up, et cetera. And so I think the, the biggest problem that NIL kind of poses for me is just diminishing that gap between what college football represents and what professionals, you know, football mm. and sports in general represents. Um, so you know, moving forward, it'll be interesting. And I, I think Saban has as good of a viewpoint on that stuff as anyone, um, you know, being at the top of college football for the most part. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, I, you know, I think I had a wonderful experience with NIL this year being on the Allstate AFCA Good Works team. Um, they There was compensation for that through NIL. Um, but it will, it will be cool for me to see schools and, and kind of the NCAA move towards, you know, rewarding players with NIL opportunities based on things that deserve a reward, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Mm -hmm. So we're not just give, throwing money at kids to come to our school. We're yep. not, you know, giving everyone cars just because, hey, come to Texas A&M, you'll get a free car. Um, it's, you know, like, like the all state example, we're rewarding people that are already doing good things and, and modeling their platform in, in the right way. Um, and, you know, like everything, there's going to be push and pull. And so I just think it, it's a really cool opportunity. It's, you know, it provides a lot of things that in the past, you know, other people, kids wouldn't have had the opportunity to do certain things. And, and NIL makes that happen and makes that possible. But like I said, as long as we're doing it in a healthy way and we're doing it for the right reasons, I think that's that's kind of the key the key factor when it comes to that stuff. No, that makes total sense. Like you said, not just throwing it like at recruits, uh, just making sure that that money is actually going to the right place for the right reason. Um, I know you talked about. I like how you talked about uh, you know bringing guys in, um, you know from the pros and having them talk about their experiences. I know that. Uh, Coach DeBoer has talked about wanting to make UW a home for alum so that they come can come back and make that a thing, obviously, when it's safe and such. Uh, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, Coach Lake, obviously, as a player in the locker room, and I talked to, to Mish, Mish Powell uh, just last week, you know, in his perspective, obviously, as someone who's in that locker room as well. Um, but how do you remember Coach Lake and his time at UW, you know, not only as, you know, the head coach? Yeah, you know, I have absolutely nothing but great things to say about Coach Lake. Uh, I would, I would, 
take a bullet for coach Lake, the way that he coached us and, and kind of the, the leader that he was for us. And for me personally, I think I resonated with him so well and he's all about competing and, and, you know, elevating your game to the highest level and, you know, having that energy leading you at all times really brings the best out of you and, and forces you to be great. And I think that's all you can ask for from a coach, right? At, at this level, you just want someone that's going to bring the best out of you. Um, you know, and, and just kind of an example that speaks to Coach Lake. Um, 20, 2018, I think it was, the year we went to the Rose Bowl. That's 2018, I believe, yeah. 2017, 2018 season. Um, or 2018, 29. Anyways, anyways. Um, first game of the season that year, we were playing – uh, Eastern and we were blowing them out and Joel was Joel Whitford was the starting punter shout out to Joel he's killing it for uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats right now which is awesome to see um, he was a starting punter so they only brought me in for certain situations um, pin punts you know where we're gonna throw it on the ground and, and get the ball and so you know I barely did anything all week and I didn't have a yeah I was the holder I didn't have a huge impact when it came to punting and so I got to come in for a punt near the very end of the game against Eastern. Um, and I hit a perfect punt, ended up on the one yard line. And in the, in the TV broadcast, if you go back and look, the first person to come up and give me a high five is coach Lake. I mean, he's as fired up as anyone could be. He's a DB coach. He has nothing to do with punting, nothing to do with me as you know, on the day to day at the facility, I, I never saw him. And, and he was, he'd be the first to come celebrate with you after a big play on the sideline. And I think that speaks so much to him, just kind of his character and the type of person that he is when it comes to kind of coaching on the football field. And, you know, everyone saw the, the stuff that happened at Oregon and, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad that that's how everything shook out. And, and that's kind of how his legacy ended at UW, but, you know, a, that's football, and, you know, I might sound old school and old-fashioned, and I love Rocket Fool by the Death, as you know, O'Day Brotherhood. Um, so I'd be the first to say, you know, that wasn't all right. But, huge, like I said, heavyweight, heavyweight bout, huge rivalry game. Like, people don't understand the emotions that kind of come with that and, and kind of the – there were already two penalty – already two unsportsmanlike penalties, which, you know, we spent all week talking about little things like that, 15 yards like that are mm. what win and lose those games. And so, you know, people got to understand the emotions that are wrapped up and, and kind of the, the heightened sense of kind of importance on stuff like that that we go through the whole week. So, you know, I'm not excusing anything or, you know, whatever people – however people want to look at that, but – you know, a just kind of having a perspective on, you know, every different kind of factor that goes into that. And then B, all the amazing things that he'd done for our program before he was a head coach and before, you know, which is a whole different animal. I mean, being a head, as we saw with Coach Pete, you know, he did a, a miraculous job with our program. And near the end of what it was like, you know, seven, six, seven, eight years, he was just kind of tuckered out from from the level that UW kind of represents and just all the outside noise that is always coming in. And so, you know, coach Lake turned UW into DBU. And I don't think anyone would disagree that he was, he was the person that kind of spearheaded that. And so, yeah, coach Lake has, has a place in my heart. Um, 
I think he'll be successful wherever he ends up next, no doubt, just because of the energy that he brings and kind of the way that he looks at the game and the way he looks at competing. And yeah, I, you know, it was sad for kind of how it ended, but I love coach Lake to death. And I would, like I said, I'd take a bullet for him when it came to kind of him being my coach. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember seeing the the headline that Peterson was hanging him up and then the news shortly came after, I think it shortly came after that game against Boise state in the Vegas bowl that it would be Lake if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least between me and my dad, I was like, Hey, that makes sense. Right. You know, a guy that has, like you were saying, has had a big impact on the university. I mean, you just got to look at the DBs through the years and let it speak for itself. Right. Yep. Um, I think it, you know, anybody as I think the fan base as a whole kind of agreed, Hey, this is a good hire, you know, and it didn't shake out and that's fine. Like you said, that's how football is. Um, but you know, to, that's, that's the thing to always kind of note for me, you know, as someone who has to pay attention to all these sports is whenever a coach has to step down or something like that happens, I always want to look at the player reaction, right? Because if it's like, if it's like, oh, the players kind of agree, then it's like, okay, maybe there's justification to this. If it's a different story, you know, then you know that, you know, it's a different situation. So it's, I wanted to see that as well to see your perspective. You know, obviously, Mish, you know, playing DB and, you know, as Coach Lake was a head coach, you know, not as much DB, but, you know, uh, just to get both of those perspectives. Um, something that I wanted to look at. Um, and then looking at DeBoer here, I know that you won't play for him, but have you been able to sort of see, you know, what's going on with that? Uh, I'm, maybe it's just through what's been going out through the media or uh, just do you have any input on uh, DeBoer and the current staff that he's bringing in? Um, you know, not yet. I went in, I've been going in and kicking still at the facility, um, down on the field. So I've been spending time down there and I went last week, I, I, I went up into the, the top offices to try to meet him and just kind of say, Hey, you know, you got my support, you know, I'm excited. If you got any questions regarding, you know, the specialists or special teams, I'll be around and feel free to kind of pick my brain. Um, but he was out of, he was out of the office, so he wasn't there. Um, the only person I met was the strength coach who seems awesome. And I've heard the the workouts are going great. They're, you know, high intensity, high energy, which is good. And it's always nice to have kind of a switch up when you know you hit a new phase in terms of like with the coaching and all that stuff and even just like right now um for all the guys to have something to kind of just be able to throw themselves all the way back into and and get back into that schedule um and start working towards you know a national championship next year whatever their goals are maybe it's good to start that and get that going so i'm excited for that and i don't know too much about the coaching staff or anything like that um no one's really reached out to me but yeah i i I mean i'm intrigued to kind of meet a handful of those guys special teams coordinator always you know all that stuff um but hopefully i'll be able to stop by the next few weeks and meet all those people I don't. Yeah, with with the the knowledge that you've got of this this program in recent years, I think it would be a little bit valuable for them to take a peek. But you know, um, how would you, how did hell? What was your reaction uh, to winning the the school's Thai Sports Council Community Service Award? And can you just talk a little bit about? Uh, I mean, obviously, with um, forgive me, it's Allstate, correct? Yes, yeah, Allstate. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. Yeah. 
talk about community service because obviously this is something that um with homs since through that a little bit um has been around at least that i've been aware of right um what was your reaction to that award um and just well as all state just how that's all you know played out yeah you know i think it goes all the way back to 2016 kind of my first introduction to coach pete and kind of the way program with the built for life stuff um you know football was was our main focus when we showed up at the facility but the second you leave the majority of everything else is is so much more than just football um and and he kind of just kept reiterating that beating that into us and so for me personally to kind of take that and run with that and be able to see you know yes we have this platform yes we can you know have this heightened um podium to kind of speak on these issues to be able to acknowledge that and then take that and do good with it was something that was you know I'm grateful for the 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 ability to be able to do that the platform that I had being a football player at UW and and the cool thing about the TIE award and and the all-state team is it's just me doing good being recognized and kind of thrown out into the world so that it can continue to have an impact. So, you know, it's not like you're doing it for any other reason than, you know, clothes, homes, all that stuff is what I love to do and and being able to structure my business and all that stuff in a way that also can change lives and kind of shed light on mental health and kind of attack that stigma of, you know, men specifically and football players just kind of what I represent who are traditionally not necessarily expressive of their emotions and kind of well-versed when it comes to mental health and, and dealing with that stuff. It just helps, you know, helps the more people out, the more that the word gets out and the more that, you know, it's recognized and all that stuff. And so I don't view any of those war awards as anything other than just kind of, if I can impact people in a positive way, then that energy is going to be reciprocated from my higher power, um, however people want to look at it. But if I can change the world um, and I'm doing it, then it's just going to keep snowballing and, and kind of keep it rolling, like I like to say. Um, and so, you know, the, all that stuff was I'm so grateful for and I was honored for the tie that's, you know, community service is always something that, you know, I'm proud to represent. And, you know, if I can help one person a day, then mission accomplished. And so all that stuff just kind of helped me keep doing that. So. Whether it may be, you know, something like that without a ward or obviously on the field stuff might come into play. What really do you look back on at your time at Washington as like defining moments you know, because obviously no one moment can define your career. But if I had to like have you pick some of the like a best of kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. What what sticks out to you, you know, from your time, whether it's with the team or just with the university as a whole? Yeah, um, you know, I think a huge pivotal point, I, I mean, first and foremost, it was kind of honing in on that holder spot, um, which, you know, you might ask about the Husky punter. He hasn't, you know, oh yeah, he had a great senior season, all that stuff. I'd been holding for four yeah. years and, you know, I took an, a, a huge pride in that and, and trying to be the best holder in the country. Um, 
you know, sounds kind of funny, but that was, that was, there was a long time in my career where that was the only thing I had and it was my baby. And, and so I think that was the first, you know, being able to impact the team, whether, you know, the smallest, arguably the smallest scale possible being the holder, you know, no one notices it. You don't want anyone noticing you because it means you're doing your job right. Um, That was kind of my first kind of coming in as a walk-on having no plan on ever playing, just being glad to, you know, suit up on game days and look like I'm one of the guys. Um, when I, when I got that holding spot, it was really special for me because I felt like I was, I was officially a part of the team and I was impacting the team. Um, so that was the first thing I can think of. And I'm so proud of, you know, all the holds I did as funny as that sounds, that's like, I take pride in that and I'll, I'll, go to bat for myself all all the specialists will too I I think I'm the best holder in the country um I think it's a huge bonus when it comes to playing at the next level having a guy that you can trust and and you know you're going to get the ball down laces out it's a huge you know huge factor when it comes down to last minute kicks all that stuff um so that was huge. And then, you know, just with punting and all that stuff I was I was really frustrated because I wasn't getting much better and uh, you know, my sophomore, junior year, I just wasn't seeing the results I wanted to see. And that was kind of carrying into my life as a whole and, and school was kind of interesting. And so that was all, all kind of a, an interesting time, a difficult time for me. My mental health was not very good. And that's kind of what led to the start of Homs. And, you know, it's funny, like coach Pete said, built for life, all that stuff, all that stuff, just everything has to do with everything. Um, and I was going through this tough time and it was funny because kind of the, the creation of my clothing brand, the, the expression of that, all that did was help me as a football player. It helped me, you know, understand a new perspective on, you know, if football's not going well, I don't let it completely consume me. I don't let it, you know, represent everything about me as a person that I'm not playing football well. Um, it kind of opened me up to that new perspective that, Hey, there is more, there is more to you than just this kind of football thing and and don't let that dictate everything. And so that was huge. And on top of it being, you know, maybe arguably my biggest passion in life, the clothing thing and discovering that is huge, but just kind of the impact that that had on me as a player more than anything, just understanding it's not the end of the world. If, you know, I don't hit a perfect punt. Um, Cause I've got other stuff going on. I think that was huge for me. And then just this season, you know, this season was really special. I, uh, my grandpa passed away last year and he was probably my biggest fan and he was the biggest Husky fan I'd, I'd ever known. And so to kind of go into this season, dedicating my season to him and I felt him, you know, whether it was Tuesday practice over on East or in the middle of the Oregon game, um, I could feel him down at at the stadium all the time and I could feel his energy. And I know, I know he was there at watching. Um, I don't know if it was a spirit. I don't know. You know, that's not a question I need to answer to. I could just feel him. And, and that was really special for me. So yeah, if, if there were three, I'd say those, those are my three, my three highlights from being a Husky. So, you know, with that being said, it might be something that's known already. I don't know. It's why I'm asking. Uh, you know, obviously I'm sure Homs is continuing. I'm sure that's not something that's going to stop anytime soon, but what's next for you race? What is, what are we looking at? Or is it still something that you might need time to figure out? You might need to kind of sit back and think about things. 
Yeah, I'm I'm going full throttle um, straight for the NFL. That's the plan. That's the goal. Um, you know, reflecting after the season, sitting down with myself. Is this something I want to pursue? Is this something, you know, because it's it's arguably one of the hardest professions to get into. It's, uh, you know, if you're thinking strictly from a job perspective, if I was going to go try to, you know, get a job with Nike, I could probably get it pretty easy. Um low level all that stuff when you're thinking about the nfl it's it's nfl or nothing um that's my mindset and so i sat down i just figured out is this really something i want to do and i had to really backtrack to when i was a little kid and you know i've always loved competition i've always loved sports i've, I've loved kind of pushing myself and and seeing what i'm capable of um and i think this represents the ultimate opportunity the ultimate challenge when it comes to that so i'm i'm training my ass off to to hopefully do that um specifically my goals training wise are to get invited to the combine um even though that's out of my control i, I hope i did enough this season to be able to get that invitation and i want to set the uh i want to set the 40 yard dash record for a punter um you know hey, going back up now. me and miles being best friends you know i think that'd be that'd be the ultimate kind of trash talking is being able to say I ran <laughs> at the combine so that's my goal that's you know thinking of how i could get picked up by a team or whatever it may be being able to show them that i represent something you know different than all the other guys that are in my class and, and showing that i i have something else and so i feel like showing that I'm an athlete will be the best way to do that. So from what I'm gathering, I don't know if this is an official official, but the, when I put that in the fastest I get um, for a punter was 4.69. So if you need a number, <laughs> Hey man, I'll power it to you. I believe in you. Yeah. Um, so now obviously with Homs, we switch over here. Um I know last time we spoke, I, I asked you about if you had a dream collab, you know, and obviously I'm sure from your perspective, there's a lot going on. So there might not be one you want to narrow yourself down to. Right. Since that time, has you, have you thought of a different collab you'd want to have, or is it simply, you know, you've got projects you're working on and you might not be thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, dream collab is always kind of, and interesting, it's very fluid just because I think as a designer, one of the things that makes me successful is that I'm constantly changing and constantly expressing myself in new ways. And, and that's kind of represented through the clothing. And with any brand, you know, you need to be moving with the times or else brands will start to pass you up and, and kind of like anything, you need to kind of stay fluid. And so right now, um, I don't know, you know, Nike is always comes to mind. That's just such a is the brand that made me fall in love with clothes for the most part um, and shoes and all that stuff. Um, I actually realistically a company that I'm potentially going to be collaborating with is a company called Ably, A-B-L-Y. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, they do really it's kind of like workout shirts, workout material stuff. Um, they've got some lifestyle stuff as well. And the cool thing about them is all of it's waterproof. So I feel like that is, that is very on point with being in Seattle and being a, a brand from Seattle, you know, being able to have a normal t-shirt that you can wear out and know that it's waterproof in case it rains, not that it ever rains in Seattle. Um, 
So I, that's something that is a possibility. I think we're starting to work the early, the early stuff with that. As you know, any type of collaboration, it's, it's, it takes time Two businesses coming together. Um, kind of takes some time to line up schedule wise and kind of product wise. And there's so much that goes into it, but you know, I'm open to, I'm open to collabs all the time and it's fun. And it's, it's, you know, at the very least, if it doesn't work out or, or we don't follow through on it, it's great to meet other businesses and, and kind of learn how other people operate and, and all that stuff. So yeah, no dream collab, always changing, always, um, always evolving and yeah that'd be fun so we look back at 2021 i believe we spoke relatively early in the year um you know but looking at it full circle right looking at it like it, it, it in encapsulate the year uh, there's a lot going on i mean officially being trademarked uh a bunch of different design i mean i could go down the list hom's uh women season one uh working with dozer 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 yep um the winter collection uh the stealth pack um how did it look behind the scenes you know as as somebody who you know follows the social media you know uh has you know products when i can get them what does it look like from your perspective because as you talk about you know being a designer and working with companies you know taking time you know, for you and uh, Isaac, I believe. Isaac, yes. Yep. How does that? Uh, how does that look for you? How does well, particularly last year? How does that look for you? You know, even still dealing with, uh, you know, the pandemic and perhaps like uh, distribution er- uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think I'm glad you mentioned Isaac. That was going to be the first place I went. Um, you know, being being still a student athlete, um, still, you know this season being kind of what I needed to pour all my energy into to do what I wanted to do. It wasn't something I could kind of say, Oh yeah, I'm still kind of going to practice and then slinging 50 sweaters right afterwards. You know, I needed to really pour my energy into football this year. And so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, connecting with my higher power, I think, you know, my higher power brought Isaac into the equation so that we could continue Hom's, and keep it rolling, you know, because as much as I love kind of doing all that stuff, I had to focus on football this year mm-hmm. and Tom's would have started to kind of go down had Isaac not been around. And so he was a huge part and, and, you know, it was super fun for me to kind of show him the ropes. And, and it was just as much of a learning experience for me kind of teaching him how to operate Hams. And I, and I always tell him, you know, everything goes according to plan you're going to be running homes and I'll be kind of overseeing it. I'll be, you know, designing a lot of stuff, but he, that's what drives him is he loves the business side of things. He loves kind of marketing. He loves accounting, all that stuff that, you know, doesn't really get me going. Um, <laughs> and fortunately is the important stuff when it comes to a business, um, good designs and, and cool products can only take you so far if you don't know how to kind of, really own in on the business side of it um so it was really cool you know a lot of those collections um stealth collection winter collection he was doing 99 percent of the work um which i think is you know says a lot about him you know being able to 
be so young and be so early in the process of understanding how it works and, and just picking it up like that and being able to produce products, ship products, design products, you know, he, it's just, it's been a, a blast for me to kind of get to usher him through the process. Um, so yeah, behind the scenes, it, it was a lot of that stuff, uh, us strengthening our relationship, kind of learning more about each other and, and kind of, working through that and, and just being able to me design stuff and then him kind of take the rest of it and, and just work on it. And that's what he loves doing. And so we were able to kind of keep it rolling. And I think, you know, this year just is another, another great year of home stuff out, out, out of the way. And, you know, our goal is to always keep fresh products coming in and, and working on our manufacturing side of getting that, that great quality that people never want to take off. Um, but it was a blast. And and I think we're going to continue to try to do what this year represented all these different kind of things. And whether it's, we're doing a women's line, that's, we're just launching into that and we're going to find the best fit and, and what kind of emphasizes and um, accentuates the, the woman, the female figure, the best way, you know, and then we're going right back to kind of baggy winter collection, just kind of comfy, warm stuff. And, you know, I think moving forward, we're really going to get into that manufacturing side of things and, and trying to create products that are unique to Homs um, in that you can't go to a store and find anything like it. And, and that's kind of where we're headed and, and what I've been emphasizing with him, at least. Um, but yeah, 2021 was was magical in every way for Homs and, you know unfortunately with all the COVID stuff we didn't get to do any you know as many pop-ups as we would have liked and kind of my favorite thing I think Isaac is is learning um how to love it is interacting with people over the clothes you know because if you go on the website and, and you kind of read about our story and end up buying a product you can learn about kind of what it means but it's nothing compared to us you know having a face-to-face -face conversation with a product right next to us getting to explain the message, you know, just connecting with the person on a, on a friendly level. Um, that's kind of what it's all about. And I think that's why Homs did so well at the start is because it was kind of that, that, that real genuine conversation that, that then just translates into the clothing. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, at least from somebody, you know, that's on the outside that sees all the social media and all the promotion about it, I can tell you, I, I have to admit, I'm not a super big fashion guy. Sports is my lane. That's how it is. And mm -hmm. I mean, Homs fits with it, whether it's, you know, um, the UW phases, the O'Day one. I mean, I've, I, I, you've seen it. I've tagged in it all the time, you know, whether yes. it's in the press box or whatever, I try to, you know, make them line up with whatever team I I'm relatively simple, but at least in noticing, you know, the promotion side of it, it all, it seems really professional. Like if I were to, compare it i you know at least in my eyes i wouldn't tell a difference but also i'm not super big into fashion i'll tell you that but at least for me it looks it all looks really well done and i ask about isaac because I, I remember obviously he's been tagged in some stuff you know and it's been known that he's part of it but also there was one photo in particular where there's a bunch of the uh orders all stacked up against the wall mm -hmm. isaac's like right next to him it's like geez man it's a lot of orders going out yeah. um but I know you touched on, you know, not having products that are like similar to what you can find in the store. 
has the idea of having, you know, you talk up the pop-ups as well Has the idea of having some sort of a permanent location or having products sold anywhere in Seattle ever, maybe in Seattle, maybe somewhere else, but starting in Seattle, is that something that's ever come up or is it not necessarily something in the cards? Yeah. Um, and then hold on one more thing that I thought about, right. As you said, everything looks professional. I got a shout out Nabil. Um, our photographer, he's been Hom's house photographer, if you will, for a while now. And, and we've been working to create that aesthetic, uh, um, at least on the Instagram page of kind of how we want the clothes to look, you know, the filters we want to use, all that stuff. And, and he's been huge in that. And he's wonderful to work with. He gets stuff done like this. And, you know, me and Isaac are both like that. We're very impatient, um, <laughs> which I think can be a good thing sometimes if you know how to control it. Um, so shout out to Nabil. Um, and then, yes, um, Millie Seattle, um, which is a store on Queen Anne. We are working, we have sold a handful of products in their store. Um, Catherine Hyde, I went to St. Anne's with her. Um, I went to, or her little brother, Joe, was in my class. Shout out to them. Um, Catherine is in the store. She mans it. Um, or yeah, she's the only worker there, I believe. Um, and she spent some time in New York and was very into fashion. Um, so she kind of learned New York fashion and then wanted to bring it back to Seattle, um, basically with a store. So she's in charge of kind of buying all the stuff and, and kind of the vibes in the store. And it's amazing stuff. It's like the coolest, you know, it's mostly women's stuff. Unfortunately for me, or it'd be the only place that I shopped. Um, can't find a whole lot of stuff that fits me in there, but it's like a really cool vibe. And, and we hadn't sold anything in stores. Um, it's not that we were, you know, opposed to it or not looking to do it. It just, the right opportunity hadn't come up. And then finally, you know, this, a couple thing, a couple different things led to this kind of us talking and us getting some stuff in there. And we're actually going to do a limited edition hoodie that's only sold in their store, Millie, um, on Valentine's Day. So that'll be cool. I think, you know, Tom's is predicated on making a special product right? A one of one feeling to your hoodie. And so when we do work with companies or, you know, stores for like Millie, it's almost always going to be something exclusively sold there. Much like the pop-ups we do where we only sell the designs and the products at that pop-up there. It's not going to be on the website afterwards. It's not. So you feel there's this extra kind of incentive to go purchase it there and kind of check out the store. So that's something we're going to be doing. And that'll be, that'll be fun. Cause you know, we'll have to explore, you know, more women's products. Um, we've been, traditionally done a lot of unisex stuff, which I think is, is something we're going to continue to do when it comes to Homs, Homs on their web, on our website, but, you know, being able to, like I said, be fluid with whatever comes up and whatever we're doing, that'll represent a fun, uh, a fun challenge and a, an exciting kind of design process. If we're going to continue that relationship with Millie, which I think we absolutely will. Um, and then uh, a, a store called Zebra Club, I think, which is downtown. Um, they've shown some interest in maybe carrying some Homs products and I'm working with my agent right now on, on setting up a potential deal with Nordstrom, which would be really, really cool. Um, growing up that, that was always my dream. You know, I think that is like 
number one when it comes to fashion in Seattle, at least. I think of Nordstrom. Uh, I think of the family being from Seattle and all that stuff. Um, so I think that's kind of like the the pie in the sky. Um, and that, like I said, poses a whole lot of new challenges in that realm as well, being able to put um, a product in a department store that has to be a much larger quantity. It can't just be, you know, traditional limited edition runs like we do because that's just not how their buying process works. And so just being able to kind of be exposed to all those opportunities and, and learning how the industry works has been, has been a blast for me, but yeah, right now we've got some stuff in Millie and that, that limited edition Valentine's drop will be fun, but you know, moving forward, always, always open for, you know, any, any collaborations and all that stuff. So maybe, maybe a bunch more stores in 2022. Well, I think you've kind of set up the answer for kind of answered it already. I was going to see if you were going to tease anything for this upcoming year, but it seems like you've already done that. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really cool to, you know, reflect on it because yeah, I remember last year speaking to you, you know, um, just to see everything, whether it was, you know, Twitter going you know crazy over you um, to see all the product. Um, and really, I mean, I'm not just, here to sit here and promote things like the i've got i've got three of the hoodies i've got something in this uh i've got the big heart puffer i love those it's huge um it's, it's well-made stuff i'm not gonna sit here and lie to you um for being a simple guy it's well-made stuff um so yeah with that being said i hope to be able to follow up with you next season uh after you know I can't tell you where it's going to be, but, you know, just, you know, continuing to follow that path because it seems like race, you know, you know, you're just following that path and it's taking you in the right place. So I trust in that ability of yours. Um, I always link socials in the description. I've always put Hans in the description as well. Is there anything that you want to put out there into the world as we wrap up? Yeah, I would just like to advocate for you, Charles, and how amazing you are and um, the Kraken hoodie that I received for Christmas, it was, I believe, um, was a wonderful, it was like the perfect gift. And people always talk about how hard it is to give me gifts being, you know, a clothes guy. And so closer, and I opened that and funny story, UW gave me a, it's the same model Adidas sweatshirt. And I had just told my dad like the day before, cause he had stolen it. He's, I said, you know, you stole my favorite UW hoodie that I ever got. And then sure enough, I got the cracking one. So it was like the best. And, you know, I think how passionate you are about sports, it shows through your, you know, your shows and all that stuff. And every time I get the opportunity, uh, I love it. And, you know, I think it shows how hard you are, you are as a worker and, and just kind of how well-versed you are to be able to kind of jump through all the different sports and all that stuff. And so, honored as always and i really appreciate the the mindset you bring to it well you know and and i, I appreciate that i i'm one of those guys who it's it's hard to hear that kind of stuff because i don't know it's just what i do i just try to work at it um but in every press box whether it's the sounders or the rain or the kraken you know i i try to work with it i've got you know it's the masks or the hoodies it's it's always there you know and then my first kraken game and i've got my first uh press badge from that game Okay. I've got the photo of me. I had the O'Day one on, you know, so it's just, I always mix them in there. I always try to uh, show love, you know, and I, you've taken care of me. So it's the least I could do really. Um, but no, really, I mean, I, I'm excited to see 
the path that you continue on. It's really, it's, it's to go back to what you said, if you can continue to, you know, do good things just to keep it rolling, I think that's perfect. So uh, with that being said, race again, thank you for your time and uh, hope to see you maybe next year around this time or whatever, you know, schedule, schedule uh, gives way to. Yeah. Awesome. Thank <music> you.